Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey guys, ML here. If you're looking to start a podcast, start with Buzzsprout. If you let them know we sent you through the link below, you get, when you sign up for a paid plan, you get a $20 Amazon gift card. How cool, right? get free money for signing up to get your podcast started. So Buzzsprout gets you the show listed every major podcast platform that you need. That's Amazon, that's Google, that's Alexa, every place. You'll get a great looking podcast website, audio plays that you can drop into your own website, Detailed analytics to see how people are listening, tools to promote your episode, and so much more. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Just wanted to let you know and share the love. Radio. I'm your host, ML Rustrock. Our show today is brought to you by Red Carpet Rocks and Kenneth J. Lane, which if you have video on, you can see the beautiful jewelry. I'm here with author, Sh- please say your name again. No worries, Shaite Carillion. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to butcher your name. How many times I practice it? <laughs> now you're a multi-author as and you have multiple books out. Yes. So which was the first and which is the current? Um, the first one was um, Wing and Nian. It was actually called Merere when I first put it out, self-published. Mm-hmm. And that was probably 10 years ago. And then last October, I signed with a publisher. Awesome. And he was kind enough because usually self-publishing is kind of the kiss of death with you know traditional publishers. So he was kind enough that if I pulled everything... Um, and we let the market clear out a little bit, then he signed me for an eight book deal and we will be re-releasing that book as well as the other three in that series and then four more in the future. Awesome. That is a wonderful deal. That's so great. <laughs> because we love our publishers, who are you publishing with? I am with Vizia Publishing uh, Visionary Fiction. So awesome. it's under the Conscious Living Media out of Arizona. Yep. So you have eight books under this deal. So which one are you currently writing on? Uh, so the first one, the first two are done and the first one will be 
uh, re-released. It'll be released through Busy Fiction May 11th of this year. And then the second book, uh, we're hoping for the fall of this year. And then I'm currently working on book three and four in that series. Awesome. Now I'm looking at your Amazon page and you have one that's a short story, but also says an original screenplay. Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, uh, about five years ago, I met a wonderful filmmaker and um, and we just wanted to shoot something short, something quick, something that we could afford. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I just wrote, I write epic fiction, you know, vi- big visionary fiction. So I was like, well, what can I write that will be small enough that we can you know, afford to make? And so I wrote a short story. I wrote a short screenplay and uh, short script. And we filmed that. And then we did an Indiegogo campaign. And with that money, we were able to make, so that was just a six minute short. And then we were able to mm-hmm. make a 20 minute um, film and we won 26 different awards around the world. Wow. And we were able to go to Hollywood with it. And it was great. So, you know, we're currently in the future. I also have a feature length screenplay that I wrote um, off of that short mm-hmm. that is completed. And we are currently shopping that around. And then right now I have an adapted screenplay and it is, we just submitted it to Impact uh, with Ron Howard. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Fingers crossed. Yes, I fingers always crossed. Love, Thank you. Always love talking to other screenplay writers. So that's always. Oh, a, that's on, great. Yeah. Awesome. Thing. Oh, okay. You were a screenwriter too. That's so fun. Yeah. I, I love that. I'm working with a studio that's in Dubai. That's who I normally write for. Okay. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so cool. It's quite, it's, it's fun. It's such a different kind of writing, isn't it? I have to switch my brain around when I go from it novel is. writing to screenplay writing. Yeah. Right. Because when you write a book, you write in all the details. When you're writing mm-hmm. a screenplay, you're taking a book, basically gutting it. It's so <laughs> Yeah, and it's so hard. Oh, one of my, I de- I've adapted two, um, nov- two of my novels into screenplays, and it's hard. Oh, my goodness. I had to go back and just chop, 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 because mm-hmm. I see, like you said, I see all those details in my mind from being the author of the novel, and it's so hard to just strip it down. It's just like, what is the basic action that needs to be seen right now? Yeah. yeah it's fun it, that, you, that you get it. Yeah, it's great. It, it's a completely different beast, <laughs> but it's so yeah. fun. I was at AFM in 2019. Uh-huh. So that was fun. I got oh, to meet a lot amazing. of directors and business-orientated people that right. we're going to need here. As soon as everything is settled down Opens with COVID. Again. Yes, please. That, that mm-hmm. is everything that we need. But at the same time, they had a, um, AFM online last year. I'm like, if I'm going to do it online, I'll just call everyone I need <laughs> anyways. <laughs> Why <laughs> yeah, am I going exactly. to pay to meet everyone if I can do it for free? Because I already have the contact information. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, you know, on the bright side, it does save a lot of a lot of time and a lot of travel money for sure. Yes, it does. But yeah. <laughs> we're not here to disagree, Blaze. This is just a little transgression. <laughs> no, that's great. I love it too. <laughs> yeah, it's a different beast and I love it. And so what is the first book about? Let's go with that. Okay, so um, visionary fiction, it took a long time to nail down the genre because my writing didn't seem to fit into anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I found visionary fiction and it was a perfect fit. So instead of um, the, this world that I'm, that I'm currently writing in, these four books, 
instead of being apocalyptic or dystopian where the world tends towards the end, you know, <laughs> towards darkness, a visionary fiction takes the world as it is, but envisions um, something more hopeful, uh, something that leans into the light. And so, so fun finding this, uh, this visionary fiction publisher and the books are exactly that. This world is very similar to where ours is right now. Things are, things are difficult, they're dark, they're at their worst. But these two brothers, Wing and Nian, um, come together and they find a way to rebuild a whole new world. They're the catalyst for the birth of a whole of a whole new world out of the ashes, basically, of their old of their we need books like that right now. Cause yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this world right now that we're living in, if you take last year and this year, just yeah. two years. <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Just two years. You have oh, everything that could go wrong basically has gone wrong. <laughs> I know. I just, you try not to just look around anymore because it's so scary. And, you know, it's so strange because I wrote the first little version, 260 pages of this book when I was 16 years old and I'm mm -hmm. now 50. Um, and it just came from a vision, a download, and I just started writing and as I have 18 novels in the works now, and I, I looked at it, this was probably five years ago, I looked at it as a whole, and I was astonished to find that every single one of these stories is about the death of an old world and the birth of a new one. And I saw that that's the reason why I'm remembering these worlds and these people as I have been my whole life. And I had no idea when I was 16 that when this book came out, that the world would be where it's at now, you know, and how much we need that, you know, the worst thing often turns out to be the best thing if once you get a bigger perspective oh, on it, it even a spiritual perspective on it, you can see how even the worst thing still will still press into the light if you give it enough time and enough perspective. And so I'm looking at these books now and this trilogy of Wing and Nian and their world falling apart and how much they want to give up and yet how there was that seed inside of them that would literally birth the beginning of a of a whole new world of you know that would change their 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 whole continent because they all take all everything all right takes place on different worlds but um well of course you can't have everything. a visionary concept and earth like to present day earth you know yeah you have to do it on a different planet because otherwise <laughs> it's just Oh, it's 2020. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, people will be like, I'm not buying it, man. But maybe if we can get them on another world, then yeah, then they're like, okay, then we can we can touch on the hope without worrying too much about what's happening right here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I was talking to another visionary uh, author who mm -hmm. does visionary fiction. And we're like, uh -huh. oh, so we have Elon Musk. <laughs> you know, <with> <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. this was more uh robotics and stuff like this right, but it right. was rebuilding the world so i'm like right. oh okay let's put this in perspective we basically are taking elon musk and put him on another planet and rebuilding <laughs> <laughs> we're putting him on another world and we're like go for it buddy send it send it send a ship send a space x back to earth for yeah for those of us that'll be left when <laughs>
<laughs> yeah. Oh, that's uh, great. That's pretty funny. It, it, it's taken what we know, what we can see in perspective and go, okay, here's your visionary person. We all know Elon Musk as a visionary person. Mm -hmm. like him or don't like him that's personal preference yeah, but we yeah. all know him right and we Absolutely. all get the concept of being a visionary mm -hmm. like henry ford with the cars and he you know you have these visionaries but now we're taking it to a different planet and you can have anything happen and you put <laughs> someone with that mindset to be okay we need to build x y and z mm -hmm. how do we do it yeah yeah and it, you know, and it's beautiful. And I, I look at it and I keep coming back to um, what Wing and Nian found that they had, they thought that it would be so something external from them that would come in and, and fix all of this and change everything. But they both found that they were born with everything they needed inside of them. Mm -hmm. And that, that, what they did, the smallest steps that they took made the greatest changes down the line that they could mm -hmm. never have imagined. And that it really, it really wasn't anything outside of them, no great power, no great force, you know, uh, no great, no great person that came in and like fixed everything that it was, it was them and that they had the power inside of them to do it, to do it all along that the creation of the new world doesn't, doesn't happen through anything external uh, from ourselves you know it's what is that that old saying it's an old saying but you know it, i just see how true it is that the change comes you from within change your world by changing yourself you have yes. to take these yeah. small baby steps mm -hmm. to change i see yep. this a, a lot if you're the person that complains about your life but you sit on your couch eating potato chips from the time you get up or to the time you go back, yeah. you're still going to be complaining about your life five years from now. Yeah. If you're getting up and changing something, mm -hmm. anything, you know, start a new job, start a yep. e-commerce business, you know, whatever it is yeah. in five years, you can look back to where you've grown. Yeah. And go, and sometimes I have noticed, I mean, I can get stuck in like, ah, oh, it doesn't feel like I've gone anywhere or done anything. And then I look at it and I'm like, Oh, holy cow. Yes, I have, <laughs> you know, and you can catch yourself in those old mind patterns, you know, those old belief patterns oh, yeah. and then look at it and go, no wait, I did. I did do that. You know, and I did do this when it was hard and I did make this happen and I did create this and I did touch someone's life. I mean, whatever it is, mm -hmm. you can, you can re you can reframe and change the angle again on your life and see that these you know, the small things you've done do matter. And then that can kind of help you if you ever get stuck in a funk, you know, to, to, to do something again, another small thing, whatever it is. Yeah. It, it takes, I'm a mindset coach. So I talk uh -huh. about mindset all the time. I'm like, oh, wow. change one little thing, one thing, yeah. one thought, and then a week from now, a month from now, see where you're at. That's beautiful. And then you, that sounds like the perfect thing. Yeah. Cause then you can help people check in with themselves mm -hmm. and they'll be like, Oh yeah. Yeah. That one thought, that one little tiny thing did make a difference. Yeah. yeah. It, it's not, you have to stay in the same thought pattern the same, mm -hmm. whatever you're doing, you have to change one thing. You can't change something around you without changing yourself first. And we see that with visionary fiction because then it's laid out in a fictional way. And mm -hmm. people catch themselves 
oh, I can do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, we can do, we can do just these, yeah, just these little things. And, and it's so, it's so fun because I will often sit back and just look when I wrote Wing and Knee and I was just, well, they just kind of wrote themselves. I just had mm-hmm. the initial vision. I saw Wing standing in a valley under a tree and there was, a, it was autumn. So one leaf was remaining on the tree and it fell and it floated down and it landed at his feet. And then I did that thing where you kind of pull back and like take in a bigger, you know, picture mm-hmm. in your mind. And I saw this valley, you know, sweet, beautiful, green little valley surrounded by these enormous mountains. And then I just sat down and started to write. And as soon as I started to write, you know, the story just started to unfold. And um, Wing and Nian is actually Wing's adopted brother. And uh, he to get how they were brought together and then how they work together in their world. But it was nothing like what they expected there. You know, there's people expected certain things from both of them, mm-hmm. but inside neither of them wanted to be that. <laughs> so they're like trying to balance, you know what I mean? Who they are as people mm-hmm. with who their people want them to be. Right. And how did they keep, you know, how did they keep everybody happy? And, you know, it it comes back to what we were just talking about, just these, these small things, these little things that Wing just wanted to be a farmer. He just wanted to work his fields and Nian, he just wanted to be a teacher and which was something that was not done in their small valley. And, um, you know, how just these little things in them that they thought were their biggest flaws turned out to be their greatest greatest gifts and the things that, ended up, yeah, saving, saving their world essentially in the end. So, yeah. Well, we see this in humanity. We try to live up to the expectations of those around us, our village, our people, mm-hmm. you know, our oh, yeah. family, our friends, our teachers. We try to live up to their expectations and we mm-hmm. don't look inside ourselves yeah. to see what we want to do. Yeah. And we're not taught to trust ourselves. Right. I mean, really that's the last thing anyone's going to be taught in school right? is to trust your own internal compass, your own guidance, your own desire and passion, your own knowledge that mm-hmm. you innately came in with. No, no one, you know, teachers like you, it sounds like mm-hmm. are beginning to teach that, but they're never going to get that in school. They're not going to get no. trust your intuition. Oh, no. They're never going to get that. <laughs> you know, they're going to be, it's conform. It's do this, do that. We've got it all laid out. Boom, boom, boom. This is what you do, you know? Yeah. No, you have your basic. You have to learn math. You have to learn English. You ha- have to learn history. So we don't repeat history. This is a big mm-hmm. one. We mm-hmm. can't ignore history. We can't yeah. change history. We must learn from it. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. And then you have to learn to look in yourselves to see where you grow. Mm-hmm. You have people that are naturally born to lead. You have people that are naturally right. good at math. You have mm-hmm. people that are naturally good at farming. You have yep. to figure, figure out what you're naturally good at to succeed or you're never going to be happy. Yeah. Someone, because you mentioned Elon Musk, And uh, a lot of the fear people have around AI, you know, taking away people's jobs in the future and stuff. And 
that if AI takes over, then people just be lazy and they'll just, you know, like you said, just sit at home and eat potato chips and watch TV. But I'm like, everyone I know, there may be people out there, but um, no one I've met is like that. If anybody is is lazy or just want, mm-hmm. it's because they hate their nine to five job. Yeah. If they were free to do their passion to, like you said, be that leader or be that farmer or, you know, I even know people who love being a janitor because mm-hmm. they love the, the, they love the quiet. They love the, you know what I mean? The, that uh, movie, uh, Sabrina, where she said her dad loved being a limo driver because he liked having time to read. People yeah. think that no one will want to do these jobs. And like, and I'm like, no, if pe- people are tend, you know, towards be laziness or depression when they're working a job that they hate, that they hate, mm-hmm. but if they are able to do that thing that they love, whatever that is, whether it's dramatic or seemingly mundane, you know, then I, I don't see people, you know, people being lazy are not or depressed. lazy. They are. Oh, they want bored. to do the thing that they want to do. Yeah. They're yeah. bored. They don't know what yeah. they want to do because they're told they can't do it. How many mm. times do we see yes. kids say, oh, I can't do this because so-and-so says I'm not good at it. Oh, yeah. Or I can't do, I can't try out for the basketball team or can't do this. Mm-hmm. I can't stop saying I can't. What can you do? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yep. And they would grow, they'll grow so fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if they're if they're told yeah. that, if that is validated and, and given some confidence, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's when I was in school, I was a quiet, shy little thing, up yeah. until about a year ago. I was a quiet, <laughs> when you're around. now a podcast host. <laughs> well, I started off with radio. Yeah. And oh, cool. It, it evolved from radio to being on video because now I can't hide. I'm right here. I can't yeah. hide myself mm-hmm. because what was I doing? I was enabling myself to hide. Well, I don't want to hide. Uh, yeah. And by hiding, I'm shying away from what I love. Oh, yeah. So instead of doing something that I hated because I was hiding, yeah. I forced myself to go out of my comfort zone and yeah. I get to meet so many authors like yourself and talked about things because you have a vision in your book. It's fiction. We know it's fiction. But if we take some of the fictional elements and mm-hmm. apply it to today's society, is it really fiction? Yeah. Yeah. Beautifully, beautifully put. Yeah. If it can be, if it touches some part of you that feels real in your experience of life, if not in your external you know, mm-hmm. your ex- what you ex- see externally, then yeah, then absolutely. Yeah. Then fiction becomes real. That's beautiful. Yeah. I, I mean, how many times have we had inventions based on the 1960 version of Star Trek? Oh yeah. I mean, we're holding phones in our hands, every single one of us that are more advanced now than their little like things, the little, that you know, the little comms they had in the original series. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, we it's incredible. We take our fiction, we take our art, mm-hmm. and then we take life and mimic the art. Why? Because now we are putting that seed of growth in someone's head. Yeah. And it has to be, I mean, visionaries, 
it, it has to come first, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it has to, it lays down the etheric template that the material can overlay. And, and without, without the visionaries in the world, in, you know, in all, in all walks and all paths of life, um, there wouldn't, there wouldn't be that, that spiritual, that energetic template for the material world, the physical world to build around. Yeah. And, you know, and they can come a long time. I mean, how many, how many of those people are we just now catching up with what they knew? you know, that they revealed 50, 60, 70 years ago, hundred years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go back to Lena Leonardo. Let's go back to. (laughs) I was thinking about him. Yeah. Yeah. You go back to, okay, we have airplanes based on a drawing that he did. (laughs) How many years ago? Isn't it incredible? It's so beautiful. Because we didn't understand their vision. We didn't have the technology to Mm -hmm. see their vision come to reality well now we have all the technology we need we just have to adapt it to be what we actually see going on yeah yep yep we actually i mean there's 12 year olds out there making tesla coils now <laughs> you know i mean it's it's incredible it's so it's so beautiful yeah it's so f- amazing and fun to watch for sure i mean i have my daughter that does coding she's 18 <laughs> It's amazing. Okay. These kids now are born. They're like human 5.0. I don't know, but yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's amazing. She does web pages design and graphic things with coding. I'm like, okay, you just do this for mommy. <laughs> right. That's perfect. Good. You are now building mommy's web page. Congratulations. Exactly. Uh. <laughs> but you know, I'm an author. I'm going to write because that's what I received. Yeah. I write fiction. I don't write the visionary. I li- write medieval dragons and fairies and stuff like this. Oh man. But That's at the beautiful. same time, yeah. But at the same time, my daughter writes fiction that goes from present day to 5,000 years in the future based oh, on things she? that she sees. I'm like, okay. So cool. Yeah. That's so beautiful. But this yeah. is what we're teaching her because okay, you have to teach her to go after her dreams. Well, what is your dream? It's not just playing Minecraft on the computer all day. You're doing that because you're bored, because you don't have a vision. Now, let me back up. She's also autistic. So I have to work with what her vision is because Mm -hmm. she doesn't see the world like we see the world. Yes. Yeah. And that's a challenge. My guy, he had his second son. Mm-hmm. um, is autistic. And it's, it's a, it's definitely a challenge to, to, to try and even imagine their experience of the world. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? We can talk about it, but that, you know, kind of only gets you so far. So right. yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. what they see, what they interpret is completely different from what we see and we interpret. Right. interpret. Yep. But at the same time, are they wrong? Yeah, no. <laughs> Every your your perspective is literally your reality. You right. know. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's not that they're wrong or we're wrong. It's their perspective. So it is their reality. And they're mm-hmm. teaching us their vision because these are the kids mm-hmm. that are going to be the visionaries because they're the ones that are skilled beyond our normal kids. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. I mean, if you look at Albert Einstein, there's things to suggest 
as much of a visionary as he was, mm-hmm. he was autistic. Well, okay. Yeah. So how many other visionaries yeah. are or were autistic and was it diagnosed? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, right. So I mean, yep. so we take their little brains and we put it into a blender basically, not literally, but you know. Yeah. Yep. And we see where they take us because those are leaders. Those are the ones that will change the world. Those are the mm-hmm. ones that will plant the seeds to take us to living on Mars or living on another planet or yes. exploring another galaxy. Those are the ones that are going to help us reach utopia because they are right. seeing what is wrong with what is around us. Oh, absolutely. I, I'm not much into, you know, putting sayings or anything on my fridge, but the, the, oh, the one I did have on there once upon a time was from Einstein. If you can't create something new out of the same old thinking or, you know, however that went. And, um, and so any, any of these kids that are seeing the world in a way that we are not, well, thank goodness, because look where we're currently at. <laughs> we need a new perspective we need a lot of new perspectives and you know a whole new vision or a lot of them to yes. take us into somewhere that that is not repeating the history yeah that we just keep regrinding over and over and over here yeah exactly i mean there's so many people out there in so many books visionary fiction uh self-help everything that says we need the change yeah so we put it into a visionary fiction yeah. so now we're saying Okay, here's a template that you can use mm-hmm. to change the world around you. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're all beautiful pointers, aren't they? And little 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 indicators, you know, mm-hmm. along the path of this is this is what we can do. You know what I mean? And you to do that so well in your series because you have a teacher that isn't a teacher at the beginning. He wants to be yep. a teacher, but you don't have teachers. Well, we need teachers to be leaders. Yeah. And it's so funny because they wanted Wing to be the leader because he fit the prophecy in the ancient writings that they mm-hmm. cling to, to so tightly. And yet here's Nian, and he is a warrior and a scholar and a teacher. And they're like, nah, but you're not the one we want. <laughs> you know, and he's just like, oh, man. So it work that way. We yeah. have to. I mean, yeah, our characters, when we write them, tell us yeah. what we, they want to do. Oh, they, they do. Us, absolutely. They yeah, get absolutely. us into trouble because we start as authors. We have a plan. <laughs> this is yeah. our plan. This was what we see. And then the characters go, oh, no, I don't know that today. You're wrong. <laughs> We're going over here now. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. And I had to mention before you leave, the dragons, can you see? Oh yeah, that is awesome. <laughs> so that's I love. When I saw, uh, um, yeah, Dove and Dragons, I was like, oh man, I'm gonna have to check out her work because I have only ri- I've only started to write about a dragon. I have not written about them before, but I love all of that medieval dragons, pure fantasy. Uh, just yeah, my my one of my favorite things to dive into and live in. I love. Well, it. I take the dragon is the protector. It's not the evil destroyer that so many dragons are portrayed to be. It is actually the protector, the defender, the help that they need. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, so I had, as a little kid, I had 
I didn't, I didn't care for dolls, didn't play with dolls. I love stuffed animals, but I had an invisible, like little invisible friend. He was obviously not invisible to me, but I figured out when no one else could see him that, okay, I guess we'll have to call him my invisible friend, but he was a little dragon mm-hmm. and he was with me my whole kidhood and was there. I would play in my room for hours and hours and hours with him. <laughs> and he's like, and that dragon energy has, yeah, been with me my whole life. And I, I experience it much like you just described, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? As a, as a, as a protector, as, the as a protector. We, yep. No, they can be evil. We, we have all the evil dragons because yep, for we have. every good thing, you also have the negative. <laughs> you got, everything's polarized. Yep. <laughs> for you experience. Can have yep. yang without yang. So yeah. we'll not disagreeing with you, but in my version of dragons, they're helpful creatures. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, that's, that's been my experience. I'm, I'm aware of the, of the other kind, but my experience Mm -hmm. with, with my dragons has been, has been nothing but, but incredible. Yeah, absolutely. So we're almost out of time. So where can our listeners, our viewers and our readers find you? Okay. So, um, shaitekarillion.com is my, uh, my webpage and for all the work, um, with the publisher. And then I have my own site on shaitekarillion.com and then shaitekarillion on Instagram, shaitekarillion author actually on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. So. Awesome. So yep. you're easy to find. Everything's all cross connected, which is wonderful. good. good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Been trying to get all of the web, yeah, all the dots connected. We, you know, as authors, we try to have this webbing that we make that connects our Instagram or Twitter, yeah. all these different little things, or INDB. Yeah. We try yeah, to keep yeah. everything together. Mm-hmm. It doesn't always work because we have fans or whatever that goes, oh, I like this name, so I'm going to use it. But, you know. Right. <laughs> right. And you're like, wait a minute, <laughs> or or like us, they can't spell the name, and that's that can present problems too. But yeah, yeah, I can't. I can spell it. I just can't say it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no worries. It happens a lot. Oh man, oh, I understand. It took me three years to be able to pronounce my last name. So it's. <laughs> Oh, that's so cute. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Yes. So, but it was a pleasure having you on the show today. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for having me. And for all of our listeners and our viewers, happy reading. Bye. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.